Are you thinking of telephones and managers and where you got to be at noon? You are Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio today. We're excited to welcome back Deborah Holland. She is an amazing singer-songwriter, and we first chatted with her with the latest song collection by her other trio, Animal Logic, and uh, she does that with Stuart Copeland and also bass player Stanley Clark. Today, she's here with her trio, Refugees, and um, we were talking about them a little bit on the last conversation, and now I'm super excited. She said, hey, they're recording new music. I said, please come back when you do. And she's here with the other two refugees, and they have a new album that is out now, and it's dedicated to the beautiful golden state of California, my home state. And uh, go to therefugeesmusic.com, all those websites you can get music, um, but definitely keep up with them. So we're excited to have Deborah here, Wendy, and Sydney. So welcome all to the show. How are you? First, Deborah, how are you? I'm great. I'm here uh temporarily in sunny Southern California. Oh, right on, right on. So yeah, and the flowers are out, I believe. Cool. And they are in Wendy's garden for sure. <laughs> oh, Wendy's. So they so are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You, I hear that, you know, Southern California is having an amazing super bloom. Yes. Cause of all the rain they had. Oh, that is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And Sid, you're in, you're in California now too. You're all together for um, your content week. That's correct. I am across the hall from uh, from Wendy and next door to Deb. So, okay, cool. Uh, yes, we're we're out here. Uh, I've been out here quite a bit, actually. We recorded the album out here last year, and uh, um, we were here the whole month of January together, doing uh, rehearsing the songs and doing gigs. And uh, part of February, we've been together a lot lately, and it's been great. So awesome, awesome. So Wendy, how did you all meet? We uh, we we met many years ago. Um, we met in the uh, late '80s, early '90s, actually, and um, we crossed paths with each other individually. Um, Sid met Deborah, and then apart from that, Deborah met me. Dude, and and then we found ourselves at one point in Nashville um, in around 2007, and. We were playing a Tin Pan South event and Deb and I had been talking about, we'd been doing a few gigs together. Wouldn't it be neat to do something with, at the time, with other women? And <laughs> so we, uh, long story short, we wound up creating, uh, through a few machinations, a trio and begging Sid to join us. And so Sid and, and Deb and I became the refugees in 2007 and we started recording and we started working and we did, we did very well. I mean, considering that our brand of music has always been a little bit, it, you know, we're songwriters. So we fit in several different categories. Which is had, good. Yeah, we had a blast. We had a, a we had a good run. Um, we really love to write together and our work as writers, oh. I'm very, very proud of, and it's displayed on all of the albums we've done. And then um, Sid had said many years ago that at the time she, now he wanted to, to do an album of Cal of the California classics to which I absolutely said, no way, you know, no way. I think but you guys, your harmonies are so perfect for it. 
it's so like of course it was a, a brilliant idea it was just you know so we wound up after you know several years we cut this thing um with uh, myself producing and being co-produced by abraham parker who's a brilliant up-and-coming mm -hmm. talent um and uh, Rob Hoffman Engineering, and with our great band, same guys we've worked with, the stunning Carl Sealove on bass and Scott Babcock on drums, who, with whom we had worked on some other things. And some guest uh, appearances by... Yeah, by Andrea Zahn and, and, and help me. Oh, and Andrea Zahn. And Brent. Oh, and Brent, and the great Brent Rowan on Sin City true country classic guitarist. So it's been a blast, you know, Sid was right. Of course we should have done that. Um, we had, and so we had to trot this thing out and go play it live, which nearly killed us, but we got it, we got it. Ah. You know, the, to learn, especially you take a song like Sin City, we were so excited about the original Burrito Brothers version of it. And we learned so much because they're phrasing, you know, back in whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever time that frame that was the the understanding of what rock was and what country was was so different and the way we we all phrase these days very so we actually studied their phrasing and it's like no 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 he's not singing it on the downbeat he's way back there it's it's really it's different i used to play with a drummer who drummed with them and a lead guitarist with them Ooh, and um that? Uh, willie kellogg was a drummer. he's passed away now and he's from San Diego. And then Joel Scott Hill was also, he took over for Canned Heat and Flying Burrito Brothers. He's passed away now too. Um, and well, Willie stabbed him and called him the devil. But anyway, that's a whole other story. And a gig anyway, no, so that was a, there were, they were a little on the crazy, but Willie was this amazing percussion. They called him the shuffle king of San Diego. Mm. And um, he was, we were doing um, Murder in My Heart for the Judge uh, by Moby Grape. and. Um, I think the Flying Breeder Brothers did it too. I remember trying to learn this this time. I could not get it straight because it's kind of this slip. It's not even syncopated. It's like the slippery slide. I can't, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, and yeah. then for all three of you to be able to sing together and harmonize and keep that slippery slide. I don't know how to explain it other than the slippery slide because I <laughs> couldn't do it. And I was listening to the song okay. just the other day and I went, God, Willie was right. I really sucked on it. <laughs> Well, Deborah and I did a lot of woodshedding and we really, some mm. of the songs we took a little more liberty with, but Sin City is the most accurate to their original vocal phrasing of all the tunes. But we did a really deep dive and then we went to Sid, who sings lead on it and said, okay, you know, okay. here's what you got to do exactly. And, and we, so it involved a lot of study. Now, it's not the first time that's been done. You might recall that Andrew Gold, rest in peace, my brilliant partner, had a fantastic band called Birds of a Feather. And he, he of course, was a musical genius that many people don't recognize, but he did a Birds tribute band and they were exact, including whatever mistakes were made. That's how. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we, we tried to, to be as, as, as true at least on songs like that and some of the vocal arrangements of the mamas and the papas and in some and other vibrations, we, vibrations. Oh yeah. That's, back. that's like to put, do the beach boys. That's like yeah, a whole other, but you guys, I mean, it, the right. connection and the timing and the dynamics to me is, in, is incredible. 
is is that like how you've always sounded together? And and I love that you said that you went and went out and did it live because I think when you go out and perform live, suddenly everything gets put in its place. Well, I think <laughs> or not. I think from the very beginning in 2007, the first time we sang together, we knew there was something magic. Right. It was yeah. called you don't magic. Get that. You don't get that with with everybody. There's mm-hmm. certain voices that just have a. Oh, there it is. But it is magic. It it is like there is a magic to you guys being able to be paired together. And it's like, yay, you know, and we feel that whenever we sing together. It's like we look at each other and we know, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is we don't. Okay, there's boy bands and stuff like that, but I'm not talking like there's the Spice Girls or whatever, like all that stuff. Right. And I and I say stuff, but there's actual singing groups that I just feel like we don't have that many anymore. And, and the harmonies have kind of gone away and things are so auto-tuned, which sucks. And so when you hear your songs, it's like this pure music and it is magical and it does make you actually just go, ah, thank God. Like somebody's actually doing something honest, you know, there's a purity to it. And I I really respect that. There's also something, something in the water about, approaching this California classic music. Um, I don't know how to articulate it, except that we were there. Yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah, it is the vibe, right? It's the same thing that I ran into with my other band, with Brindle, with Kenny Edwards and Andrew Gold and Carla Bonoff. I mean, we were there. We, We were steeped in that in that music, we were making music in 1970. So a certain, so you see, you know, and not to denigrate my other home, Nashville, but you see bands that say, we're gonna do a tribute to the Eagles or to California music, but because, how do you say this? Because they weren't there or they weren't steeped in it, or maybe they weren't stoned in the desert. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, maybe. there's there's a sensibility that we might have because we were there. You know, we we were all around it. Even, you know, the partners weren't living in L.A. at that time, but they were steeped in that music and they were steeped in the culture. And I think that but, makes it, a- but that went yeah. everywhere, too. That yeah. went everywhere. Yeah. Like Nancy, um, my mom, as soon as she heard your music, she's like, Oh my God, I haven't heard that for a long time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And and it, even though it's songs we know, it's something that it, it's it's still very fresh. I think that's also a, an interesting balance of how you've done, you know, it's like there's a balance because it's like, are you going to be exactly the same as the artist, the original artist, or do it your way? And you've managed to do like this incredible blend of yours. And it, it's perfect. I mean, because to you. me, like Nancy loved it. Like she was I- just like, Oh yeah. And then it's like, Oh, but I, and she wanted to keep hearing more because it isn't like exactly the same as the original. You know well, I mean? we can't be, we, we knew we couldn't be better than them. You're not trying to be. That's better. not what you're it's supposed to be. One yeah. Step more, you know, you're not trying to improve on something that's already in cl- a classic. We wanted to, it really was a tribute, but of course we are not them. So we had to be us and and um, and and raise up the song at the same time or not raise it up, but but make it as good as we could do. And so it was a balance. It was a balance of doing 
what they did. And as yeah. Wendy said, because we were there and because the vi- we had to put the same vibe into what we were doing mm-hmm. as what was what we felt back then, yeah. mm-hmm. as well as making it our own because it's us. And, uh, and we're pretty pleased with the result. I think yeah, I'm really happy you, yeah. you pointed that out yeah. because that was our goal. Yes. Yeah. To make it be a tribute to, and also be us and be exactly. a celebration of yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Well, well I was just songs, a, a great song should be able to be performed for de- and it's, know, for millennia. I mean, and yeah. we know that. there are songs, you know, from hundreds of years old that are still like, yeah, that's still great. I mean, so we should all be able to do these tunes again and again in different ways if they're really classic tunes. Yeah. For us, ironically, we we really stayed close to the playbook of those mm. songs, but but it was still our sound. Yeah, we yeah. Also, we also cut very old old Hollywood style, and that's something that's that's not often discussed. The way records were made mm-hmm. in those days, um, we kind of did it like that I mean it was yeah tell me about that I mean are you because like some especially during the pandemic a lot of albums were done you know through zoom and you remember how Skype got its you know Skype got its place in history because of musicians you know using Skype so were you able to actually sit in in one place and record together and in like one take like that kind of thing together pretty much it went in layers but I mean at my studio, one of the things we strive to do is to track live where we can. So we may track three quarters of a band or, you know, two fifths of a band. We may have an existing track, but there's still a really heavy duty live element. Bass and drums and guitar, original guitars are all cut live with Mm. with with a rough vocal, you know, and then there are some overdubs, not many, considering mm-hmm. some of the other records I've been involved in. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's got a, yeah, I mean, there's always the finished polish. It has that feeling of, wow, this sounds like some guys were in a room cutting and that yeah. is mm-hmm. basically. And the vocals where we were all here in yeah. this yeah. building doing the vocals together. There was no, oh, send Deborah in Vancouver, yeah. the, the track so she can sing on that or send Sid. We were here, we were together. That's nice. And um, um, and that's the way. And, and as as Wendy said, the tracks were cut live. We were here and um, we, we so, need that. You need that. Yeah, there's a there's a vibe. That's where magic is to me. It's like and, and being able to perform live is always like the best thing. Right. Because you have that energy from the room and, and all of that. But said, what was it for you that said you wanted California? I mean, because you could have done Nashville and maybe you will. But like, he's like, well, Nashville gets really interesting. That's got some wild history of, you know, yeah. all kinds. No, no, let's, let's, I mean, we learned it. I learned it. I spent, you know, 10 years producing records down yeah. there. I learned, but I got to be honest that anything I do that's Nashvillean or even a tribute to old country, it, you know, I can't lose the flavor of having grown up in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, and Sid's basically a Northeast musician who has is deeply informed by the Boston rock and folk scene. So, oh, how, OK, you know, I mean, we're not Marty Stewart. We could say, let's do, you know, the great George Jones. Let's do a, a playbook of, of Nashville tunes. But it's it's not going to happen. It's different today. because yeah. it's different. I grew up with the with the flying 
Burrito Brothers with, you know, um, the birds. I mean, the birds to me were like, you know, after the Beatles, you know, were like, you know, the second coming, you know, it was. um, So even though I'm from the Northeast, uh, those were the songs after the Beatles and the Stones and, you know, all that stuff and some R&B stuff that informed my even more than Dylan and the folk stuff, it mm-hmm. informed, it, 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 it created that thing inside that happens where you go, okay, that's my music. Well, that's, that, but that's, that's huge. what I need to do. And here's the thing yeah. for, for me personally, I grew, I literally was a little kid singing harmony with somebody else. I, I always gravitated oh, yeah. toward harmonies. The Everly brothers to me and this, this is just a little vignette. You know, I was a little kid, you know, I'd be sick at home and we have the 45 and my older sister had all these Everly Brothers 45s and I would play them beside my bed, you know, A side, B side. I didn't know the difference and listen to those harmonies. And it was magic to me. And mm-hmm. so, so, and I got to sing on a Don Everly album later on when in one of my first gigs in, in, um, in LA, but so harmonies to me, that's why I wanted, getting back to your original thing, that's why I wanted to do a California thing. Mm-hmm. The refugees, Deb and Wendy and I are magic when we sing together. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, even though my voice has changed a little bit in 10 years, we're still magic. So we get mine. together and we sing. What's that? I said, so is mine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it's kind of a natural yeah. you know, evolution natural of the voice evolution. does change. But, you yeah. know, um, there's a, there is something about California I, it's interesting that the interview I just did recorded before I get to chat with you is on wine. And so we were talking about terroir and how wine comes from different regions and how it has a flavor and a taste. And I'm going in the back of my head. Well, California, here we were, and we were talking about California, but I think it really does go, the sound of places go with the landscape. And I know because we drive, I mean, we're full-time travelers and on the road, I'm always like, no, this song needs to go on here. If you're going through the forest, no, we need this. So there's like music that matches the landscape and just the vibe of a place. You know, it's it, it it's there's a beauty in the music that you you chose, the songs that you chose. There's a happiness, like harmony is unity, right? And so that's a huge thing. I think for right now, I feel like we're we're we've we've come full circle. And it's like we're it's like a new revolution is happening because it is, you know, I'm not trying to sound like Jefferson airplane here, but it is like it is talking about a revolution. It is kind of this changeover where we do need more unity and we do need music that is maybe a little bit more uplifting and also tells the truth of the times. And I think that's what this balance in California was always like more progressive. In, in those time frames, And right now we're right back there. I mean, even just in all the laws that you have in California, holy cow, man, I don't even know if I can walk across the street anymore, but I still will. But it's, there is this, um, and I think it goes all the way up to Vancouver, right? I mean, it's like, it, it's. It's the West coast. West coast. It's the West coast. It is yeah. really the West coast sound. And yeah. it's got so many terrains like you've got you know joshua trees up there and i don't know if you did the mojave desert or joshua tree for the front cover i mean i used to live out there and it's there's something i mean the music history of that region is insane too and there's 
there's a whole I mean, earth going on out there. I have. Oh a, yeah. Yeah. My yeah. Son's and, out there, and it's really incredible. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, I just want to add, there's lots of other great music that came out of the sixties and seventies from California, but we chose songs that prominent and bands that featured three-part harmony. Mm-hmm. And that was the other reason Sid said it's a, it's a no brainer. These are the bands that were invented three-part harmony you know, in, in pop music. Well, you seem to like threes, Deborah. What's going on? She's got threesomes going on in all her music projects. It's, it, it's the perfect number, right? The triangle. <laughs> the, the triangle, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the divin, divine number, three. Yeah. I also want to mention, I think for all three of us, the first Crosby, Stills, and Nash album was a... a, a Monumental, yes. A total brain explosion of mm-hmm. vocals Definitely. could do. Yeah. But there's a strength to it. And I think that's where people think, oh, it's it's very pretty music. But really, when you really immerse yourself and listen to it, there is strength in harmony. There's an underlying strength of, and they did that really well of like, we're trying to actually send you this message that isn't exactly pretty all the time. And even like when you put Buffalo Springfield in there, I mean, they're all connected, right? Um, in yes. history and, you yes. know, playing for, for what it's worth. I was like, yeah, because that's exactly like, I feel that that's where we're at now. So I think it's very timely, the, the album. Yeah, I really do. Very Great. cool. So tell us about travel. Okay, so you've got Vancouver, you've got Nashville, you've got Southern California. Um, can people expect to start seeing you guys tour with this? We we want live performances because that is going to be like, I want to see you guys perform live. That'd be magic. The slow rollout. Yeah. Uh, because we're all very, very busy. You're all like from California, man. No, we're all we're really busy. So I'm kidding. Yeah. Got a all of, yeah. An autobiography coming out. Yeah, I was reading that. You've got one this this month or June? My my memoir, uh, Transelectric, My Life as a Cosmic Rock Star with I forward, love this. forward by Sir Elton John. Awesome. Yeah, because um, you used to perform yeah. with him, right? Yeah. And that's coming out June 6th. It is available for pre-order if you want to do that. But um, yeah, that's coming out. But And I've been so busy with, with that. Writing a book is not just the writing of the book. There's a lot of stuff oh. to do after. But we all have our um, individual projects and, and uh, we're all busy doing other things. But we do hope, um, well, we are getting together uh, and doing some gigs in October out here in the fall. and. Uh, as November in, in yeah. Nashville yeah. and, in, and uh, in Chicago. So, yeah. and then things will be building from there, but we've got to kind of get through the summer with our individual stuff. Yeah. And then we'll, then we'll be on it. Best way awesome. is to yeah. uh, go to our website, uh, which mm-hmm. is the refugeesmusic.com and sign up for our mailing list. Oh, that's always good. I yeah. think that is because social media is all great, but it's not. <laughs> It's like, I think one of the best ways everyone can stay in touch is through like an email. Okay. It actually came to me. I don't have to like play with algorithms to get it, you know? So I I agree with that. Uh, Get the newsletter. Um, Deborah, how did the name, because last time it was Animal Logic, right? I still love those lions. I love that. Um, But the refugees, tell everybody about the name. Well, we each have our different story of, about the name. Okay, well, let's start with yours. Well, my story is that we are refugees of the music business, <laughs> and we find refuge in each other. 
Ah, that's I like my that. story of how we got the name. And she's sticking to it. So and Wendy, I'm totally sticking to it. Wendy's is the 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 uh, actually what happened to get to that name. Wait a minute, how do you know? I mean, you I just told me the other day right, because we were there. Yes, but but you guys, you're given the history. Maybe I'm going to say something completely different about you know what is what is it to be a refugee? Mm-hmm. It's you know in my mind. I'm not a refugee from the music business, but I, I like so many people and us, we, we are all refugees in some way. You know, we, life is very, very difficult, especially in our case, you know, as women and trans people. Um, and, mm-hmm. and even when we were younger artists, you know, we, the three of us had in common that we didn't ever quite fit exactly in the mold the mold was offered to all of us if you would only fix your nose and straighten your hair and put on a mini dress we think we could have a disco hit with you or if you would only you know sing these kinds of songs or do you expect me to sit here and not swear at that right now like this if things just go right through my head as you're saying this like you know you can't i can't hold malice toward it it's it's history i mean but it is if we want to get into history, you know, it, it, the history of humanity is brutal. We're <laughs> refugees, you know, and, yeah. and Deborah's right. We did find refuge in each other. And that's not always been easy. But um, we have a good sibling harmony. That's the word everybody was looking for. We stumbled. Nice. And, you know, I mean, the, the name happened in a moment of frustration outside of Deb's house. But and I think I said, damn, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm a refugee, you know. And you did. Since and I that, said, that's the name. That's uh, the name of the, re- the uh, uh, because yeah. I'll oh. argue that it happened in your house in Northridge, but yes, that's okay. it, no, yes. it did not. We yes, it did. Yeah. West LA. But, you know, it, it really, and it was kind of a scary name because, you know, I mean, here's three. Oh my God. If the refugees right now, that's like a, you're not allowed to be one. Right. And we're, th- we, our origins are three middle-class individuals who, who have had, you know, none of us came up through extreme poverty or extreme abuse, but we still, as, as women and now as trans people and women addressing what the culture was and is mm. make us refugees. And, and there's millions just like us, you know? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so w- we feel like and also it's there's ageism and uh, and that's a big one, too. You know, we're going totally contrary to type. We're saying, hey, man, we can we can, walk, we can do whatever we want. But, you know, if if Jagger. Well, it's just like in yeah, South Africa. Best work. You know what? Why, why can't we? Yeah. It's, and, you know, the when I think about like in school, like everybody is supposed to be like this, be like that, be like this. And when I went to school, we had to wear uniforms everywhere we went. And of course, we tore them up, we did anything we could to not have a uniform. But if you didn't fit into the mold of the cheerleader and all of that crap, you know, I was in the music room hanging out with all the misfits, it was the misfit room, Uh, the artists, anybody creative, we all went into that room, no matter what school I went to, there was always the misfit room for the misfits. Mm -hmm. And it and we weren't, you know, it was like, oh, they're the weirdos over there. I started writing yeah. songs when I didn't make the cheerleading squad. <laughs> oh, so you 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 went How to go you into this make the cheerleading squad, Deborah. I guess because I couldn't do a cartwheel. Ah, uh, and I, or I wasn't peppy enough. 
Even I could do a cartwheel, but no, not no cheerleading. Even the counterculture, even the music business eventually became ossified to the point that it presented a uniform you were supposed to wear. Well, that's what I was saying about the songs that you have and your harmonies, your music. I said it's got that earthy, real music. Like when I was talking about like the boy bands and the, you know, the the, everything is so it's it's so um, this is exactly you stick to the formula. There's always, and once something becomes institutionalized, there's always a formula. Yeah. There's, you know, hopefully there's always going to be people who try to break it. What's interesting to me is that pe- older people, I mean, we're, we, we technically fit in the category of older people. And, and I love to see that, you know, I mean, we're breaking barriers. We're not the only ones, you know, we, my son and I saw Dylan uh, last autumn, you know, at awesome. eight, just, He's a badass. Just look at Eric. Eric Burke is still going. You know, he's still. You know, there's, there's. He's amazing. He's done his own albums, his own writing, his own stuff, and you know, for the environment, and um, you know, there's. It's Stevie Nicks is still going for. (laughs) He's never going to quit. You know that in history, artists were generally revered the older they got. But in commercial American popular culture from about 1955 on, the notion that as you got older, you got better got displaced Mm. by teen culture. And we still have that today. I mean, we all grew up listening to artists who were at least 20 or 30 years older than us. I mean, Mm. we go see Lightning Hopkins when we were 15 and he was what, Sid? What do you think? In his 50s, 60s? Yeah. Miles Davis. We'd John Lee Hooker. John yeah. Lee Hooker. You know. I'd love to have seen them. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. We learned from it, a generation before us. So that's actually the more natural way of human work. But but commercial yeah. culture overrides But it. also, I'd like to say that we, the three of us here, the refugees, have always been at the forefront of something if i can be so presumptuous we've always been breaking we've been breaking barriers down mm-hmm. since we started because of what wendy said and deborah said we've never been the norm you know we've never i certainly wasn't i was in boring though female, you know i was the first female to pick up you know be with the less paul jumping off pianos and doing all that nobody knew what to do with me and as wendy alluded to um, you know, I walked into the record company, my second record company um, in 1979, and the pres- new president, the one who, not the one who signed me, but the new one, said to me, you know what, we don't want you to write your songs, we don't want, which I did, we don't want you to produce your albums, which I did, and we want you to wear dangly earrings and tank tops, and because I didn't, I, I looked like an android. You know, I dressed like because I knew back then and that's a whole nother story that, you know, who I was. And um, and I walked out of that office and that album, which I did, which I lied about who wrote it, Mm -hmm. who produced it. um, So so he would accept it. you know, stayed on the shelf, it has never been released. And I, because I, I walked oh. out of that office and I said, you know, basically you can go to hell. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. And I left the music business for what I didn't know was going to be 10 or 12 years, but I never got another deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, went and had got married and had kids. So, 
you know, but that's just one example. I mean, Wendy's been breaking down barriers. Deborah's been b- breaking down barriers. We've been pushing that. And part of it was being women in the music business hmm. because I, again, another just little example, walked into a major record company. They say, well, we like your music, but we already have a woman on our label. Yeah. Uh, the token. I was told that so many times. So we already have Pat Benatar. Yeah. If a kid walks into a record store, they're not going to buy two albums. Yeah. And I, I came out before Pat Benatar and the guy I was just talking about with the day who told me to wear dangling earrings said in that same conversation, I had already been nominated for a Grammy for my own single. Wow. And I was making my second record, different record company. And he said, we want you to be more like Pat Benatar. <laughs> I said, you want Pat Benatar? You go sign Pat Benatar. And that was, that was the end of my career. Well, it's, a, it's about keeping time. integrity. And yeah. I think that's the point of art is... And you suffer, you, you know? suffer for keeping integrity a lot of the time. Sure we all have, and many, we're not the only ones. And, you know, you talk yeah. about the room of misfits. That was the same for me. I'm sure it was, mm-hmm. you know, similar for the, for the others, you know, uh, you know, the, I was in the misfits. That was it. And those are the creative people, the, cre- the people who, who blurred the lines, you know, who didn't want the labels, who didn't mm-hmm. want to conform. You know, conformity was a big word in the late 60s and early. I don't 60s. like that word. And guess what? I was voted class nonconformist <laughs> in my high school class. But anyway, that's the refugee. Yeah. And that's what Wendy's talking about in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. we are the refugees from whatever's out there that's trying to constrain who we know we already are. Yeah. yeah. And who we want to become as also was alluded yeah. to who we want to be all, all three of us i would call we are lifelong learners mm. we don't want to stay stagnant we want to keep growing and getting better at what we do and exploring and continue to be alive Change. none of us yeah. are going to ever retire yeah exactly i think i think when you're passionate about something you keep going and and it's exciting to learn you know, when you're passionate about something and love it, you get like something new. Yay. I want to do something new. And that's when you know you're on the right path. So Wendy, that's us, but we also, none of us can afford to retire. I just want <laughs> <laughs> Who can? Who can? I mean, I'm looking at it going, oh, well, oopsie. What am I going to do? I didn't get married, have kids. That's it. It's just me. Good luck. You know what I mean? It's like, It's such an interesting change of culture, like you're saying, you know, and, and it's okay to me, that's um, empowering to be able to, well, we're, I don't know, history keeps repeating itself in some really disgusting ways. So we still have a lot of change to do. But again, going back to the album, uh, California, it brings back that unity of making change, that people can unite over something to make positive change. And we definitely need that. Just saying, not to be political. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yes, we, we do. need it. Yes, we do. We need it. 
Yeah, that's uh, I'm excited about this album being out and uh, hopefully we'll one day bump into you on the road somewhere where you're performing. That'll be cool. Uh, definitely would love to see. I know Nancy would love it as well. Now I know we're going to be playing this in the car quite a bit. So um, especially in California, that's the thing. Now I'm like, we got to go back to California just to go drive and listen to the music <laughs> while we go there, you know, so that'll be cool. That's but, great. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Uh, everyone, I want to make sure everyone gets your website again, therefugeesmusic.com. Uh, you can go follow them also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, SoundCloud, YouTube. And of course, just go to their website and sign up for the newsletter. And uh, also keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you all so much. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, what's that sound?